Hey, welcome back to Empowered Motherhood. I am so thrilled to have you here. I'm so thankful that you are here hanging out with us wherever you are. <laughs> and we're just going to jump in to today's episode. This is episode four of the Empowered Motherhood podcast. And we are here talking about all things living empowered with the Lord. I shared when I started this podcast in the first or second episode that I have no plans for this podcast. I am simply obeying whatever that looks like. And so thank you. Thank you for being here. I hope that you're enjoying it. I hope that you are getting something from these completely transparent and raw episodes. The last 10 years, the last 10 years I've been waiting on a promise from the Lord. You see, it was about that long ago that God gave me a series of dreams. And uh, there were three dreams that he gave me in a very short time period. And um, there was an awakening dream. And you guys, I can't even remember the order in which they came. I was trying to think about that. And I can't remember, um, but within a very short time period, there were three dreams. There was this awakening dream. And in this dream, I saw that it's, it was, it reminded me very much of how I envision, right? The story of the Valley of the Dry Bones and, um, Ezekiel and, and I, I saw, it's like God took me up on this and to this high place and I saw down and I saw all of these like, I wasn't super sure what they were. You know, they looked just like a bunch of boulders or rocks or something. Like I wasn't, I wasn't super sure, but, but he showed me just as far as I could see, just these little like boulder type of things. And I'm trying to think if there's a movie that, um, and I cannot remember you guys, honestly, I can't remember if it's iRobot. I feel like I watched that movie before I got saved, but I, but I can't remember if there's a part in there where it's like all the robots, like just lined up for about, I don't know. I'd have to go back and find it. If y'all know what, what movie I might be thinking of, like drop it in the comments. Let me know. I want, I want, I need to try to find it. Um, <laughs> just to, just to verify. But anyways, um, for as far as my eyes could see it was these just like stones, pillars, whatever, whatever you want to call them. And then God, he, he, I didn't, it wasn't a spoken word, but it was just kind of like in my spirit. I knew like, watch this. And then there was a wind, right? It was like the breath of God breathe over. And all of these stone pillars that I saw began to like dust, of course, swept over. Like we live in Oklahoma and I have, I used to play softball. And so like the winds are like Oklahoma where the winds come sweeping down the plains, <laughs> right? The winds here, when you're playing softball, like you've got to wear your sunglasses because you're going to end up with dirt in your eyes. And so it was very much so like that, like that sweeping strong wind and dirt everywhere. And then these like pillars begin to crack. Like there were like cracks and they would crumble and fall apart. And then, and, and I remember like just watching it, but then these pillars were no longer pillars of stone and dirt and stuff. It was people, it was people. And 
there, then there was just this sea of people and immediately they began to move and they began to move together in unity in one direction. And at that point I was like, all right, Lord, what's going on? <laughs> and I remember he spoke to my heart and he said, these are my people and I am going to move. And when I do, my children will follow. And it was just this amazing picture of unity, of movement, of following God. It's like, he's here. And I, and then it was almost like, you know, that eagle eye type of thing where you could like see in really clearly to different spots. And there were, there were people scattered throughout, not a lot, but a few um, that I saw that were um, just kind of like standing there and then looking around and just going like, I'm not sure what's going on. You could tell that they were really confused and then they began to walk in another direction. And in that moment, I was like, all right, Lord, so what about them? And he said, not everybody's going to trust that this is me. Some are going to think that it's another spiritual form and they're not going to, to move with us. And it it was heartbreaking. All right. So that was the awakening dream. Then there was a purpose dream and this purpose dream was, um, I, I had like this, I, I was standing right at the back and looking out and there was this platform, right? So like a stage or something. And, and I was looking at the back of a person who was standing there speaking and, um, and then I noticed who the person was and it was me. And I was like, and, and then it's like, it zoomed, it panned out. Right. And it was just the stadium of people. And I was like, all right, Lord, I'm going to get to preach and deliver your word and your message. Like I'm going to get to bring people to you. <laughs> and so that was the purpose dream. And then the third dream was a family dream. And in this family dream, I walked into the house that my husband and I were currently uh, living in. It was an apartment. And, um, and as I stepped in the door, right, it was a little tiny apartment and it was long. And so you walk in from the carport and then there's the kitchen and then it's just, and the, the door opens up and the washer and dryer and then refrigerator's right here. And then there's like this little hallway where it goes to a bathroom and a bedroom and then, um, you know, it's just long space. There's like a dining space and a living room space, but it's not separate at all. The kitchen has, you know, a bar or whatever. And then master bedroom and um, bath are over here on this side. And um, and so, and the front door is like directly in front of the back door. It's just, a it's long, right? And so I step in and these two people come out from that little tiny hallway, right? The little tiny hallway and come to the kitchen to where, which was like right next to me because I just stepped in the door and the, the place where we had our, um, our cups was the cabinet that we had cups in was just right there. And these two boys, <coughs> excuse me, these two boys come and 
there one of them is is older i can tell he's older by like two years ish you know and he's getting a cup out of the cabinet and the other one is the one who's talking as they're walking up this way and he's talking and walking behind his brother and he like jumps and sits down on the countertop and just keeps talking while the other one's getting a cup out of the cabinet and then i'm watching these two and then out of the corner of my eye I see the refrigerator door open and so I look over there and there's two other people like three, four years younger than the other two standing side by side getting into the refrigerator. And I'm like, and, and so all I see is the back of their heads and I'm like, God, who are all these people in my house? And he says, these are your children. And so the two in the refrigerator, there was a girl and a boy. And <coughs> I mean, they were like the same height and stuff, right? So I was like, oh, Okay, it's like my my heart just accepted it. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I can see we can have a you know two boys, and then you know I can maybe talk my husband into having like a third kid, and uh, then you know they're gonna be twins because they're like the same size, right? And I don't think I can get them talked into a fourth or whatever. So you know, I'm sure when I was thinking this in my brain, the Lord was just laughing at me. Um, and if you know my family, I have four children, <laughs> a boy. 18 months and eight days later, another boy. <laughs> and those two, they were early teens when I saw them in the dream, but watching them grow, they uh, they are, are turning into the boys that I saw in my dream, and it's the coolest thing. Um, and then in the refrigerator, when we found out we were expecting a third time, which I waited, I waited, I waited, I waited, I waited, I waited, and month after month after month, I wasn't pregnant, and um, I'm getting a little long-winded on this, and I didn't want to, so uh, anyways, when I got pregnant, I was like, we're having our twins, woo, 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 and then we go to get our, our first little sonogram, and there's only one. I'm like, um, Doc, there's, there's another one in there somewhere. You got to find it. <laughs> I got to find it. And there was no. And so something in my, like, I, I dealt with some different things in my heart, just spiritually, like, um, because I was not silent, y'all. I told everybody about all of this. And, um, I told them about what I saw and what I felt and what I, you know, thought and all of these things and, and the twins and, 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 and I was not silent. <laughs> and, um, and then when there wasn't two, I said, I said, uh, well, it's a girl. And sure enough, it's Lucille, which if you're watching me, she's right next to me. And if you're listening to me, you're who, that's who you hear saying, I can't reach them. Use the chair, sissy. Or wait on mommy. Okay. So, but before God gave me those dreams, I was in a desperate prayer time. I remember on, oof. I was sitting in this prayer time in my living room floor, weeping at my coffee table. And um, I had just realized that a choice that I made was not what I thought it was. And you guys, I'm a hopeless hopeful. <laughs> I see possibility of greatness in everything, in all circumstances, in all people. Like, it's always there. And, and this dreamer's heart... <laughs> has has uh, had the wind under my wings at times, even when looking back, I'm not so sure if I should have stayed on the ground. <laughs> but in this particular situation, um, there 
it began to show its true colors. You know, and I was shocked. I was mad. Um, if you were to read my prayer, if you were to read my prayer journals um, from this time, you would see very real, very raw, very passionate emotion. You would see my anger and frustration and disappointment. You would also see a pattern much like what you see in King David's prayer journals in the Psalms. Real emotion released in the safety of a real relationship. And then a strength rise up and take hold of the faith in God and in his ability to do the impossible. But most of all, in his goodness. You see, it doesn't matter how able someone is. If they're not good, what reason do they have to do anything that isn't beneficial to them? <laughs> so in this prayer time, while I'm weeping, you know, sitting at my, in the floor at my coffee table, just weeping and praying and, and reading, uh, God asks me a question that changed my life. And, um, I'm a big, big person. I'm a big believer. And, you know, we can't just stay looking back, right? We can't just stay looking back and well, God did this one day in my life. Like God has something for you every day in every moment of your life, but it's also very, very important to be able to, to see and to count because there are going to be times when you are tested and I'm just going to be really honest in this last, and I can't remember if I've shared this with you guys or not. So if I have, forgive me. And if I haven't, then listen up. In the last six months of, of my life, I have gone back and counted back, counted, written down the times that God showed up and that God remained good and faithful to me and to my household. And I've had to do that because there have been extreme, extreme moments of fatigue and doubt and fear. And so it's very important to be able to go back. And this is one of those go back to moments where it changed my life. He said, if it takes a year, are you willing to wait? And you see, I was focused in on this certain circumstance. And I said, well, yeah, <laughs> if it takes a year, yeah, that's fine, whatever. I mean, can't you get it done sooner? But yeah, whatever. Okay. And then he said, if it takes 10 years, are you willing to wait? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, God, no, I don't want to wait 10 years. But I knew in my heart, yes, Lord. Yes. If it takes 10 years, I will wait 10 years. And then he led me to Isaiah 43 verses 18 through 21. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animal, animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. And there is so much in this scripture that I really like just want to dive into and, and dissect and discuss and like go deeper because there's just so many things that's just popping out. But we don't have time for that. So I want to challenge you, if you want to go deeper into things like this, then make sure that you stay tuned. Um, I've got a link for you to sign up uh, for the wait list because we are putting together a subscription program where we can uh, have these conversations, get tools and resources in our hands, and, and really be able to grow in this way. All right, so... <sighs> 
But in this moment, there rose up within me a steadfastness. This is why it changed my life. Because it's like God grafted it into my bones, the steadfastness, this this trust. I will see this happen. God will do this. That no matter what comes up in my life, and no matter what has come up in my life in the last 10 years, I had known that I know 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 that God will not leave me here. So shortly after this happened is when the dreams came to me. And of course, my 20-year-old self said, oh, I'm not going to have to wait that long. It was just a question of willingness. Of course, God, I'm willing to wait 10 years, but I'm not going to have to because now you're giving me these dreams and I'm going to see this motion and this movement from you. And here, you're going to deliver me into the, per- the promise of my purpose now. Uh, oh, laugh with me here. Laugh with me. And so I honestly don't know if my weight is over. You know, if, if I don't know if my weight over the last 10 years is, you know, because of the sin in my life or, you know, the choices that I made wrongly, you know, or if it's because that there's just been times and it was all a part of the plan and that I needed this time to learn, to grow, to live and to mature. But I want to speak to you right now. If you have been waiting, if you have been wondering and feeling lost within this life, you're not alone and you haven't ever been alone. Right? I don't know if your waiting is a result of those two things either, but I do know God and I know that he is good. And I know that no matter what your circumstances are, you can live in freedom and you can grow. In my best-selling book, Ambitious Women Rise, I share my story of living in freedom, even within the bars and the confines of my circumstantial prison. And right now, I want to empower you with four hacks to help you while you wait. Okay? So, one, hack number one, stay close to God. (laughs) As cliche as this sounds, let's understand fully here. All right? We don't often hear this phrase of instruct, or we often do hear this phrase of instruction, Uh, But how do you stay close to the Lord? Well, you have to live with him in all of your life. This is the main goal of Empowered Motherhood Coaching. Our coaching program teaches you how to work through the seven phases of our empowered uh, living cycle from assessment to abiding. This uh, Then how to cycle again, but not from the place where you were, but from the new place of abiding where you are now. And there's always more to know about God. There's always deeper water to explore. There's always more to the road. And whatever sort of picturesque visual term you want to use here, do what it takes to stay close to him. All right? Do what it takes. Number two, keep your hands busy. Keep your hands busy. Not in the way that our culture defines it, right? Not in the way that our culture defines it, but Proverbs 31 busy. Her hands knew no idleness. She went about her work diligently in all areas. If you only take one thing away from this episode, take this. Let this be it. Jesus is in the living. Jesus is in the living. He spoke in parables, right? Stories about their everyday life. 
He broke bread and gave thanks, saying, whenever you eat and whenever you drink, remember me. Earth was created and Adam was set in the garden to work. Don't go through the motions of your life lulled to sleep by the enemy. Wake up. (laughs) But live, live fully awake and see the fullness of God's glory in all your moments. You guys, it's when I'm folding the laundry and picking up the toys and vacuuming and working on any number of tasks that I see the parables come to life in my days. I see my Jesus with me. Number three, purpose, perception, purpose, perception. In our Isaiah scripture, God says, do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? There are many, many scriptures that speak about our responsibility to think and to see and to reason and to understand. And we command our hearts, our souls, and our minds. I want to just shoot you over and I'll have a link in the show notes. Check out our blog post on Lev and what that really is and the fullness of it, okay? But real quickly, I'm going to teach you about a mindset tool. It's a perception shift mindset tool. So what you do is you take the circumstance that you're in, that you're struggling with, that you're facing, that you feel like you need answers on. You write it down on this piece of paper. You lay it in the middle of a table, right? You lay it in the middle of your table and you look at it from this side of it, right? This is your side. This is your view. This is how you're seeing it. Then step to another side. Step and see, well, how is how is person A seeing it? How is this person who might be removed from the circumstance? How would they see it? How would this person see it? How would that person? And just continue to shift your perception. And as you shift your perception, these circumstances will change. It is powerful. It is biblical. Do it. Number four, get practical, get practical. Too often we keep these things in this like intangible realm, unable to really put our hands on them. But Hebrews 11 says that faith is the substance of things unseen. So take action to make your things tangible and practical. Use our kingdom principles, happy mom hacks, mindset tools, aromatherapy products to make them tangible and practical in your everyday life. Connect to your community, to our community, and make use of our teachings. Not one podcast can take you through all of this. I'm in the process of revamping our website to host a community in a, in a more um, interactive manner. But in the meantime, connect where you can and how you can. And I have a goal of just creating an app for us. So that's going to take a bit of financial investment. If you want to give to that, I know that we would really appreciate that. But these four hacks, will help you to start moving. You see, there's patterns in all things. And there is pattern. God speaks a word and he gives a promise. Or you ask and pray for something. And then you move. You act in belief that it's already happened. And then God gives it and he delivers that. It's all throughout the word. Go find it. Go find that kingdom principle. There's belief. There's movement and action. So do it. Don't fall asleep. Awaken empower yourself and go live abundantly because God's got you.